Previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. This quiz is the umbrella core of our podcast. <laughs> it's fucking ruined. Who the fuck's Kevin Ford? Do you know what the answer to what? this is? Everyone just gets a point anyway. <laughs> Except Paul, because he Googles. <laughs> How many times do you have the browser open? Correct answer was Kevin because his surname begins with R. That's how stupid your answer is. It's a fucking omni shambles of a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you add to believe it? Romby gets a point. Oh, fucking Google. <laughs> <laughs> So hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Project Umbrella podcast, ensuring C-Virus dinosaurs are well and truly extinct, and ensuring that despite the doom and gloom, we have a free trade agreement with Biohaze. My name is Nick, but I know it's Neptune. Let's see who's joining us today for the podcast. He's one half of the dynamic duo, although whether he's dynamic, only his partner can tell us. It's Batman. Hello. Most tyrants have to wear limiter outfits to prevent mutation. He just has to wear Spanx. It's Star's Tyrant. Hello. He comes from a country that invented the disposable syringe, very useful in biohazard, and crackheads around the world. It's Rombie. <laughs> Hello. And finally, what comes from the north but lives in the south? Deep vein thrombosis? No, it's Mr. Spencer. Oh, that was pretty shit, that intro, but I'll get it. Coming up on today's podcast, we'll be running through the latest biohazard news, including some site news. The main discussion will be Star's Tyrant's favourite entry in the series, Umbrella Corpse. <laughs> We'll be finishing off, of course, with Neptune's biohazard quiz. This time, no funny questions, just the baddest, toughest quiz yet to punish those who dare question the quizmaster's authority. Insubordination will not be tolerated. On with the news! So, uh, first bit of news, everyone. Uh, Resident Evil 4 High Definition will come out on the current generation of consoles on August the 30th, with all contents from previous versions intact. No word yet, of course, whether there's going to be a disc release, because, you know, they don't like to do that nowadays, but it is expected to follow shortly as a digital release, coming in at £15 or $20. Excited, everyone? What game is that again? Again? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Why? It's had, like, a million fucking releases. Yes, yes, that's right. What platform is it? PS4 now? PS4, Xbox yeah. One. It'll just be a straight port of the Ultimate HD PC version. Jesus, where? Why? Uh, the only way I would put money down for it, I think I said this in the last cast, is if they remaster the separate ways cutscenes, but that'll never happen. So uh, I'd likely skip this one. People stop buying it. <laughs> People will buy it, because Capcom know there's a lot of tossers out there that are like, Ooh, I'll that for my collection, or I'll put that on my shelf, it'll sit there gathering dust for the next few years. Don't buy it! Waste of fucking money! Go out somewhere, <laughs> watch the film.
Resident Evil 5 HD news. Uh, we go back to what we discussed at the last podcast, where there had been some frame rate drops and some glitches. Still some being reported, uh, especially on um, game modes and Player 2's inventory screen. They have confirmed the patches in the works, though. Yes, that came via GameSpot. So uh, Capcom confirmed there is a patch coming out, so that should um, that should help. Any of you guys noticed problems? Or? The frame rate dips are definitely there, but they're not a deal yeah. breaker at all. Cool, we're zooming through the news today. Apparently, Leon S. Kennedy will not be making an appearance in Resident Evil 7. I know, John, you'll be very disappointed with that. Uh, Jason Faunt, who was Leon's mocap actor for Resident Evil 6, says he's just completed three weeks in Tokyo before being Leon in the new Vendetta movie. Oh, cool. Jason, Jason what? Jason Faunt. Faunt? Is he that bloke that works at NASA? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but I know we're all very excited about the Vendetta movie, if not to see that Ducati, of course effectively got announced through a uh, motorbike trade show. Oh, that's fucking stupid, isn't it? There's some tie in there. <laughs> but the average Resident Evil fan is a neckbeard who can't afford a motorcycle. So who's it, who's it catering to? You know? No one. Um, Waste of time. It's the same reason you have 1,400 US dollar jackets in Japan. No <laughs> <laughs> uh, one from Capcom has spoken to uh, Jason Fount about Resident Evil 7 and he believes he would have been told should he have been invited back to play Leon. So there we go. I think we've had enough of Leon, haven't we? In between the many game appearances, big numbered games, and two CGI films, I think that's enough. To be fair, I think we've had enough of pretty much most of the main cast of Resident Evil at this point. You know, I think we're all fed up of Leon and Chris, Joe. They're not iconic characters, they're fucking boring. They're boring two-dimensional characters. Leon was great in Ori too, because he had that sense of vulnerability about him. But then in Ori 4, it's just, there's no danger because you're not in any threat because you don't feel scared or vulnerable like you did in Ori 2. You know, don't know why people care about it. We had enough of all of the characters, I'm saying. You know, not just Leon. I think one of the problems is that they're all getting on a bit. I could happily see Sherry again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sherry's fine. But, you know, a lot, a lot of the older ones that we'll know and love in the game universe, they're now, what, mid-40s? Ark Thompson could be in his 50s and I'd still have him back. <laughs> in a heartbeat. Aren't you married, though? You're married, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I clutch his picture every night in bed. You're just there lying in bed, you got like a framed portrait just stroking and it. I, and, I, and I gaze at damnation and think how cheated I was when I saw those pictures of Buddy. <laughs> we have a bit of Resident Evil 7 news after the uh, reveal at E3. Capcom Europe provided a short interview in which they said they were glad that the game received such positive attention from the fans. They confirmed that the Resident Evil 2 remake was deliberately not shown at E3 because they wanted to focus everything on Resident Evil 7. Do you think that worked? Yes. They also said that following the criticism of Resident Evil 6, apparently the whole team at Capcom Japan sat down and asked themselves what the essence of Resident Evil really was, whilst rubbing themselves with money. <laughs> I'd like to think that they spoke about Revelations 2 and looked at the other spin-offs and they believe that this could just be marketing spiel that Resident Evil 7 is the answer to all our prayers we shall see Stars Tyrant I was just going to say I just think that the dummy finger thing has backfired a little bit I'm not sure it was really a wise idea to put something in the demo that wasn't solvable because what they created originally in those first sort of couple of weeks since the demo was released was like a really good mystery that everybody wanted to solve. And then when they came out like 
two weeks after that and said, oh, yeah, by the way, you, you could never solve it, but you might be able to in September. I just think a lot of people felt a bit cheated, like they'd wasted their time a little bit. So they want to be careful with how they manage the rest of the marketing because I don't think people will put up with another stunt like that yeah. again. But, you know, the series doesn't have the goodwill it used to like 15 years ago where a stunt like that would probably go down really well. I think they just pissed people off, really. It's attention span, isn't it? We've discussed about it a long time. Ever since Resident Evil 4, people's attention span is draining dramatically. And it doesn't help when you they're actually playing yes. what is in effect a prank. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you mention attention span and how like the fan base has changed because I think what Capcom are doing is they're going right. We got two groups of fans here in the community. We got those who like classic horror and those who like action. Now we tried to appease both with one game. It didn't work. He went tits up or e six. Now they're going right. We'll make. These games for all the action people, like Umbrella Core and shit, which we'll get to, and then we'll make all these other games, like Ori 7 and you know, Revelations to a degree, to all the horror people. So Resident Evil has now become that don't know what it wants to be. So we have some updated game sales figures, which is always exciting, and I, I think good news. Good news. A remake from the GameCube in high definition. 1.3 million copies, which has almost caught up the entire sales of the GameCube original in less than two years, showing how silly it was by Capcom to try and restrict it only onto the Nintendo system. More impressive, I would say, though, is that Resident Evil Zero, 1.25 million already. And uh, That's the, the, surprising. That it's is. good, isn't it? Yeah. And the remake had a big, big head start over the uh, over Zero as well, so I think that's done very well. It surprised me. I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that um, the Origins pack was released physically in Western Territories as well. People like discs. Yeah, particularly like a community like Resident Evil community, which is very much like collector-driven and, you know, enthusiasts. Yeah, and I think because the series started when that was the only option, uh, it's not like, you know, it's a, it's a new franchise starting out today when you know, digital download's always an option. Going back to PlayStation and Saturn days, it was only on disc, so people have it and they want to keep it. So Back to console power as well, because if you actually look at Capcom's list of titles here, Outbreak on the PS2 has sold more than Zero and Remake and Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. Wow. Wow, wow. Uh, that's quite shocking, really, isn't it, when you break it down? And Resident Evil 4 did quite well on GameCube. It sold 1.4 million on GameCube. That had quite a big advertising. I remember at the time, it was a big deal, this game coming out, and I had to go... The Basingstoke HMV was the only place that was selling it, because it was selling out everywhere. and make a real special trip <laughs> to a HMV to go and get it, and I was so excited. Interestingly, just kind of coming on from uh, you know these really good sales figures, I, I, I did read somewhere that there was an interview with um, Resident Evil 7's producer who was saying that they've listened to the fans, they understand why Resident Evil 6 wasn't well-respected and well-received by the core fans, and Resident Evil 7's going to be pure survival horror, and that's what the main series is going to be heading from now on. Well, we'll see. Well, that, well, yes. I do. I do seem to remember there were similar <laughs> comments before six came out. Are you part of the ambassador program, Nick? No, I don't know what that is. It's when, when the Resident Evil Seven demo came out. You uh, people could sign up to be part of the Resident Evil ambassadors. 
Yes, yes. Uh, community and it it gives you just like, like they send emails to you before it, it tends to break in the press. And this week's one was a healing item. Healing item. Yes, I saw that. Yes, uh, the the mm. green the green herbs back in a funny sort of way uh, and potion bottles, uh, probably mixed herbs. But there was that gold coin as well, which is generating a bit of debate. It's a confirmation that Jim is the main character. Of course it is. Outbreak. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have his. I'm going to flip a coin and see what happens. So yeah, it's. Uh, do I want to say cautiously optimistic with seven? Capcom have announced there's not going to be any cutscenes in the game. It's all going to run off the in-game engine. Wow. That's what's worrying me about this game. It's built it around the entire concept of virtual reality. Mm. And. With so many people reporting motion sickness, and because the concept is so new, especially to the PS4, I'm worried it's not going to be refined properly for when the game comes out. And they seem to be sacrificing so many elements that you know normal console players expect from a Resident Evil game just to cater to this new virtual reality concept that Capcom believes is going to bring in the big bucks. Yeah, it's a shame about cutscenes. I wasn't aware of that. We all like done in a Half-Life kind of way. Yeah, I think so. Probably similar to, I suppose, if you were playing a classic Resident Evil title, mm. the sequence where um, they go into the house would have probably been a cutscene in the beginning, whereas you actually like walk through it as that's going on. Yeah. You know, in the in the demo. Yeah, I think what you're getting at with the VR thing is quite interesting because it's the same sort of issue with the Nintendo Wii back in the day. You know, it had this kind of slightly three-dimensional gimmick with the motion sensors. And the trick was, how can a game be optimised to use that but still be accessible for, uh, you know, things like Mario and, you know, the the basic games. It's very very hard to get that balance just right. And only a few, I think, over the Wii truly did. And uh, they've got to be careful as not to put too much emphasis, as you say, on the VR. And it, it it may be, you know, almost like the you know the PlayStation Eye or the Kinect, and you know the, the technological dead ends really, aren't they? They've never been followed through. This yeah, is not like yeah. adding 3D, is it? Or, you know, so people can put 3D glasses on. It's not like that, which is not going to interfere with the actual gameplay. You're doing something completely fundamental to the game, and not everyone's going to have, you know, because how much is the VR headsets on the PlayStation? Well, exactly. Capcom need to be very careful because a lot of people have already spoken out against the first-person perspective, and they want to be careful not to alienate, you know, the core fans. Because I would say at least seventy percent of the audience playing this game won't be playing it with a virtual reality headset. Yeah, I, I, it would take something spectacular, I think, for uh, a lot of players to make that investment. It can't just be one really good game. It's going to have to be. Lots of, you know, you're going to need all the big names going, well, you, you, you know, if you want to play this game properly, you're going to need VR. I think it'll be interesting to see how the combat system mm. is going to play. I think that'll be a big, um, a big turning point for it. That does conclude all Biohazard news. We do have site news in the sense that uh, I, as one of the lone voices on the forum who participate in the podcast would like to welcome all our new members since opening the site back up even despite the fact that it's uh, wholly broken the website we've had a good influx of new members mm. coming in and discussion is rife genuinely welcome everyone i hope uh, hope everyone enjoys the site and of course i think from sounds of it the podcast do go down well and we welcome everyone's uh, input um, as with all all these things if you've got questions for the quiz always great you can send them to me by email uh, and we've got a few people that want to be guests coming on which is great Anyway, so uh, that does conclude all the news, so uh, we'll now move on to our main discussion of the podcast. We're looking at Umbrella Corpse. 
This one's mine. Sample obtained. Sample obtained. There it is. Sample obtained. This one's mine. Sample obtained. Sample obtained. Sample obtained. There it is. There it is. Stars Tyrant, are you still with us? Yes, I have um, purged most of my anger, so um, it will not be as uh, animated or as excitable as I think people will expect, because I have to dial it down a bit. We'll see about that, we'll see about that. Right, um, three of us have played it, I'll moderate. Um, Stars Tyrant, you can go last. Romby, what's your brief impressions of Umbrella Corpse? It's shit. (laughs) (laughs) It is brief, you're right. (laughs) Um, No, I didn't play the whole thing game i played the demo that was free over the last weekend really really poor (laughs) like honestly what am i supposed to say that's positive about it i mean it's a game (laughs) it's online (laughs) no honestly i i don't even know where to start and i obviously don't have access to the whole thing it was long waiting times even though I would think that the free weekend was supposed to be busier than normal, so if it's like that all the time, then I hate seeing what it's like when that wasn't a free weekend. The gameplay is monotonous, is not really fun, not really well explained. Mission types, um, I didn't play the experiment part of the game, so that could be different or worse or better, but pretty lacklustre. Fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I told you, it was summary in, in two words. Much uh, on a more positive spin... Uh, let's turn to Mr. Anticode Vonnecker himself, Batman. Well, I've read about all the hate the game's got, and I can accept that. My only counter-argument to it all is that I just think the game is simply... It's just not as broken as what people have made it out to be. It's cheap, it looks pretty poor, it doesn't play fantastically, but we knew all this from the very moment it was announced and the reveal trailer was shown. All throughout the last year, we've seen countless trailers and gameplay videos showcasing an average-looking game, and the previews from people who played it suggested it was never going to be great. And yet, all of a sudden, when it was released, people went into it expecting it to be a multiplayer shooter equal to the quality of, like, Doom and Counter-Strike and Unreal Tournament. So it's no bloody wonder people were disappointed with it. My experiences count largely with just a single-player experiment mode because I'm not much of a multiplayer gamer, and when I did try it, I got my ass handed to me every single time. But uh, I just classify it as dumb, mindless fun. You know, the, the zombies react beautifully to being shot, far better than both Chronicles games. After 20-odd games, we actually have some decent-sounding gunfire effects. The BOWs were quite fearsome and an actual challenge, and I thought the maps were pretty fun. The controls were fine, the camera was fine, and... You know, I enjoy coming home and spending half an hour on the game. It does get boring quickly, but in short bursts, it's fine. So, yeah, fuck you all. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Stars Tyrant, your response? Fuck me. I don't know how to follow that. Hang on a minute. You don't ask me. It's like a mic drop. You said you'd ask him last. Yeah, go go to to John. Fucking hell, I need to compose it. Mr. Spencer, what's your brief impressions of the game? I don't know. I didn't play it. I played Overwatch instead. It's a better game. Go to Sean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm 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 staggered by 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 Batman's opinion there. I genuinely am. I don't know. I mean, I think it is, is unforgivably bad. I think it, it is is genuinely one of the worst games I've played in as long as I can remember. And that's not just Hyperbole. I mean, you know, I, I do actually play a lot of various different multiplayer games, arena-based shooters, MOs. You know, I love for gaming branches out far beyond uh, the Resident Evil series. And I just think, even though 
you saw from the get-go it was going to be a poor title. I was still surprised by how bad it was. We all knew, always knew that the graphics weren't great. The animations looked ridiculous. You know, the sliding prone bodies just look hilarious. But I don't know. I think I, I thought it would be at least playable in a way that, like, I find Operation Raccoon City awful, but playable. Operation Raccoon City is built on at least a strong concept that, you know, in the hands of a better developer, that, that could have been a solid title if it had more of a respect for the, the canon and everything like that. Umbrella Core just doesn't have any of that. I think the gameplay is astonishingly bad. I think the, the difficulty is, I mean, I am terrible at it. I'll not deny the fact that I'm terrible at it. I, I can't finish it because I literally can't get past some levels. I just think the difficulty is unbelievable, um, whether it's just my style of playing or anything like that. The other thing is I don't enjoy playing it. I don't get any enjoyment from it. I just get wound up. I think it plays horrendous. And I'll just finish this little opener by saying, compared to plenty of games that are free to play, you know, and, and John mentioned like Unreal Tournament just then. Well, the new Unreal Tournament is completely free to play and it has within it astounding production value compared to what Capcom have charged like £32 for for the deluxe edition. You know, it has no merit in any way whatsoever for me. And I think the only reason it gets a pass, I said this last week, I'll say it again, is because it is attached in some loose way to the Resident Evil series. Without that, no one would care. It would have been forgotten about long ago by now. We got it. But what is it? Do not concern yourself with things you cannot hope to understand. Well, that brings us nicely on to the canon element and the first discussion on the dilemma that the game creates with the canon of the series. We had mixed messages, I think, as the uh, game was in production, and it started to have a big odour of Operation Raccoon City as to whether it was canon or not. I think the developers were at fault for, for that again with this game. And we're kind of left in a situation where, as Stars Tyrant just said, it's very, very loosely tied to the series. Does anyone want to expand on that as to how, what elements of it are canon? Well, the funny thing is, the explanation they gave on the official website of these rival companies going into infection zones trying to steal data, it's it's not really about that at all. The single player is more about um, you players like a, a new character called 3A-7, that's his code name, and he's essentially being trained up to be the new hunk. And the experiment campaign, it doesn't really have a story, but it's all about testing his battle ability against BOWs, testing out new equipment, you know, the physical vitality of the subjects in these various infection zones, some of which are new and some of which are are recycled. And it doesn't need to be canon at all. And I think that's the only reason people like me are probably giving it a free pass. But Koata came out recently and said originally they did have a very detailed backstory for the game. And then midway through development, they scrapped all that in favour of bringing back classic maps such as the village and the police station but yeah i thought the experiment campaign was fine i was pleasantly surprised by the files it doesn't add anything of consequence but it, you know it was the little tidbits it did get was quite interesting i thought you say files do you just mean like the opening descriptions yeah pretty much did you finish the experiment campaign no i've had to watch it on online i can't i can't do it I get to like the Kijuju levels and when you've got to go down into that bloody sewer area to fight the weird Plaga thing, I don't know how to play this game well. That's the problem. Nothing I seem to do can get me through it. I I try sort of taking it steady and stealthily and then I just get one-shotted by a zombie I didn't know was there. Or, uh, you know, if I try and rush through it with the brainer and just try to do maximum damage, I just get swarmed really quickly. Mm. It's just I can't find a decent pace to get me through the game. 
And another so, thing, they said it was set after Resident Evil 6. It's not. It's set between March 2012 and January 2013. So it's interspersed between the events of Mahawa Desire and I suppose the Edonia campaign of Resident Evil 6. You know, you start off in like a, a generic umbrella lab that wasn't part of any of the games, but it was explained that it was closed down shortly after the company went bust. And there were still zombies and things crawling around in there, so they use it for battle testing purposes, which is fine. So we have zombies that have been there since 2003, and it's now 2012. The online has dates in 2015, if I remember reading correctly, on the loading screen. No, the multiplayer is completely irrelevant. It just goes off the real-world calendar. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you got the Tricell Lab, and the explanation for that is it suffered a bioterror attack sometime between the events of Resident Evil 5 and now, which is why there's zombies everywhere in there. Oh, oh right, so it's not an oh, umbrella not... lab then? The first one's an umbrella lab, then you got the Tricell Lab, then you got the village, and you get these little text explanations before each level as to what exactly is happening. And it's all kept very vague, like it's, it's very much like the old days, and they'll make references to the organisation or a certain organisation, and they won't give you any firm details. So it's all very sort of ambiguous, and there's lots of like Easter eggs and hints in there, which is why this whole Wesker clone bollocks has flared up. <laughs> which um, passage is that, then? When you get to the village, it starts coming up with things like the sort of higher-ups of the organisation have started to notice you, and they're asking questions, and... There's this one particular guy, and everyone's shit scared of him because he's, uh, he's, you know, he's the all-powerful head of the organization, and these experiments were all his idea, and he seems very interested in this village, like he's been here before, and he knew exactly what went down, and it's, it's very much hinted that it's, it's Wesker. Yeah, I was aware of that bit. So he's like literally the only, only message. Or the only thing written in the game. Isn't there like some voiceover that makes people think it is as well? Well, Wesker only appears in the multiplayer sections. Listen, report. I have some bad news. You will bring me good news, or you will bring me your own obituary. There's four voice actors credited in the game. There's two male characters, one female, and then Wesker. And in the experiment campaign, there's three researchers, and obviously Wesker's alluded to. But Wesker's never actually mentioned in the experiment campaign because obviously he's dead. He's been dead for three years. And that's where all this clone shit's come from. So the entire argument of Wesker being back as a clone and that it might not be him in five based on like a line in a file. Yeah, that's how ridiculous it is. Because I actually, you know, had to quell a couple of questions off of people that, you know, do I think it is Wesker in Resident Evil 5? And I was like, if Capcom do a rug pull, I'm done. You know, and and it's like, you know, a couple of people who've asked me actually sound like they want this to happen. It reminded me why I've never bothered setting up accounts on like GameFAQ and NeoGAF because I must admit I got hooked. Someone dangled a fishing rod in front of me in a bit because of this Wesker clone crap. And I wrote like a massive page with loads of sources about how it can't be Wesker. And then all I got back was, yeah, but he could have gone into the lava and wrapped himself in a cocoon of Ouroboros, which has kept him alive for six years. And they weren't joking either. See, this is what I'm on about. When I have a go at the community and call a bunch of cunts, this is what I mean. This proves it. They're fucking stupid. It's like, well, you know, it could be the cocoon or something. You know, (laughs) like fat fingered on the keyboard, you know, with a fucking neckbeard. Unbelievable. Idiots, all of them. Next question. What I want to do is kind of look at each kind of area that you explore in turn. Yeah, let's go. Oh, God. Well, let's go. Let's, let's go, go Nick. It. Let's deconstruct let's this. Just, let's just do this. So, shit. we'll start with the Umbrella Lab. Awful. Is it, is it awful? 
It's a generic room with a few cylinders that say Umbrella on. Your description reminds me of Super Secret Stage from Umbrella Chronicles. It may as well be that. It has no personality to it at all. It's just like a factory or kind of thing. A few doorways and an umbrella sign on a wall. What do you want from it, though? It's just a bloody multiplayer map in an umbrella. I think one of the things that annoys me about that is there was, there was people putting a significant investment in the fact that, oh, we're going to the Umbrella Lab in the game, and then what we got was a generic multiplayer map, and all they've done is just put the Umbrella logo on, on a wall. You know what? I'm going to agree with Batman on this. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Sean, but I'm going to agree with That's Batman fun. on this, because I think part of the problem that you've you've had is that you went into it expecting too much. I think you got your hopes up a little bit too high, I thought, oh, there could be some juicy stuff in here. Turns out, it's just a shit game, you know, just a bit, bit of fun. I'm going to counterpoint that as well. It's one way thing to say, yeah, you've got your hopes up too high, but then you also think about it. What's the point of this game? Like, why would you market this to Resident Evil fans? Why would you even bother putting the name on it if you're not going to put any effort in whatsoever to actually make it relevant? That's the other question. Right. Like, Because they know people will still buy it regardless. For, yeah, first of all, same, Rob, same people are lining up to buy Resident Evil 4 for the first Yeah, game. exactly. You can't blame Capcom for that, though, because they know that's what people will do. First of all, Rob, that's a pretty amazing amazing hat tipping you did there for Sean. You know, milady, let me step in here. You know, white knight. Second of all, uh, point is, right, is that I think you do expect a certain level of quality from a Capcom product, from, you know, a game that's got the Resident Evil logo on it. You expect a degree of quality, I agree. But I think what I was going for was that Sean went in probably thinking, well, there's going to be some lore stuff in here, as opposed to, oh, it's just going to be... This wasn't even about lore. This was about really shitty game design like th- this has nothing to do with the, the background it's more about just like we've slapped a logo on r- rather than actually designing a lab that looks like anything that we've seen in a previous game which wouldn't have been that hard I, to do i just meant give it a bit of character like you know put some yeah. bloody tanks up with some bow's in it have every single every single hunter that's featured in the series in a nice you know it's, a, it's an abandoned lab that's been shut down for 12 years it's not going to have BOWs and computers in it. Oh, no. You you exactly. should have done. You know how I was had in the series have had computers and stuff left with dust on them. Like look at all the stuff in Resident Evil Five that was old umbrella stuff is kind of old and because that wasn't an abandoned lab. It was old umbrella stuff that had been abandoned up until Tricell had arrived. Yeah, so it wasn't Fine. abandoned. <laughs> umbrella Core should have been like you know the video game you know SWAT Four fucking great game. It should have been like SWAT Four. But with like BOWs in it, same gameplay, because that's how I expect the Umbrella Secret Security Service, what they're called, to be. Like SWAT, you know, they have a, a protocol, not going around with fucking hooks and going, whoa, look at this, <laughs> you know, what is all that about? It's not, that's not professional. As someone who is very neutral in this, because I've not played it, I would have to side with Sean, because they did advertise fairly heavily the experiment, and I don't believe for a minute that no one didn't get a bit excited when they announced that there's going to be a Tricell headquarters stage. Thus, by having an umbrella lab, you know, that the home of the T-virus and whatnot, would it have not been that difficult to have made a lab that, yes, the aesthetics could have been designed, but, you know... We, we have a lot of unused labs in the Resident Evil universe. We have the Chicago lab. We have the Japan lab. Uh, we have parts of the Paris facility we've never seen. We've seen the Germany lab as well. There's a, I think there's an Umbrella Germany lab. There's a Germany lab? I think so. Don't quote me on that. I'm surprised yeah. it's not been blown up yet. Umbrella's main headquarters was in Germany. Yeah, so we've got these opportunities. Instead, we just had... Please correct me if I'm wrong, and I could well be. 
a lab that we don't know where it is, and someone's just there in going around, and you say it's just umbrella logos have just been slapped on a generic background. Yes. So what? I don't see why it matters. Because why build a world like again? Why build a world that in a in a game that's called Umbrella Core that has the thing is that all they've done is use the old maps, which are, are much more detailed. You have to admit that they're much more detailed. The ones that have they've actually been able to reuse ideas, so that looks even more out of place against the ones that they haven't done anything with. Is it supposed I to don't be? See tra- the issue. Is it supposed to be a training level? Not really, no. It's just a fucking generic abandoned factory that looks like any other sort of generic abandoned factory you're likely to see in real life. Except how many, with some how many pissing umbrella logos on. Do you play lots of games that are just generic bland messes? Like, is that what you would like to play? You don't, you don't actually care about the art direction in a game at all, is it? Well, we're not talking about the entire game. We're just talking about one map. The opening map of the game, which is set in a rundown bloody factory, and that's exactly what it looks like. This is a bit rich from someone who doesn't like Code Veronica. But the Tricell Lab, in comparison, is is really detailed. But that's my point. Like, why is why? So it's not the whole. It's not the whole game, though, is it? Yeah, but, that, but I'm just saying, like, why is this one level like get a pass when all the others aren't actually that bad? And the maps that use the old assets obviously look much better. Why did they just lazily map it and didn't say, "Oh, it's an umbrella lab" because it has a couple of logos? They could have actually made something decent, but they haven't. I don't get it. That's that's the point. Budget reasons. You could say yeah. You could say that about the entire game. It's just a fucking stopgap for Resident Evil Seven. They don't give a shit because they know people will buy it regardless, which is what people have done. It doesn't even have to be called Resident Evil Umbrella Corps. You just have to call it Umbrella Corps. People are still going to buy it. Does this Umbrella Lab have any effect on the canon at all? No. My apologies, sir. We failed. I don't need your excuses. You are hereby terminated. Moving on, Tricell. Without a shadow of a doubt, this was easily the most excitable part of the trailer and the pre-release material that we're actually going to have some more information, if you like, about Tricell because they seem to have suffered from the umbrella effect of Resident Evil 4 in that Tricell was swept away after Resident Evil 5, but slowly they're still around. So, for all the people that did play the Tricell lab, was that worthwhile? No. No? It's just an office block on an island. That's it. With oh, with guess what? A Tricell logo on a wall. <laughs> well, that's so you know where it oh, is. Okay, you know what it is, isn't it? Is it? What do you expect? What do you expect from a corporate headquarters <laughs> belonging to a company? They're gonna have the fucking logo on the wall. <laughs> is it just like going up Canary I, Walk? God, Baz, you must be on the payroll of Capcom here. Have you been paid to promote this? This is unbelievable. This hurts me going to start doing a YouTube series kickback, you know. Part of the reason is I just, I don't particularly care. It doesn't bother me. I don't understand why this game is winding so many people up because it's so inconsequential. I just don't care. I knew as soon as it was loading onto my hard drive, I knew it was going to be absolute bollocks. Hold on, hold on, John. Right, so... We've been playing a series of games whereby we were denied the ability to ram raid the Paris facility in Umbrella. Code Veronica hinted at it and Resident Evil 4 said, nah, fuck you. We then get a new organisation, Resident Evil 5, that does exactly the same thing. And this is the opportunity to go to the headquarters and kick some ass. And it's just like going to an office block. 
No, it's not like that but, at all, is it? Because see, it's abandoned. No, it's abandoned again, it, right. Uh, after five, so it's collapsed already. Yeah. But I would have liked some explanation as to what happened to Tricell. It just kind of went, you know, ignored after Rory 5. There was no grand takedown of them like there was Umbrella. My issue is more to do with, and there's not the environments and stuff, it's to do with the idea that all these outbreaks are continuing to happen at random, like in places, and people just don't seem to care about them happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's non-canon, okay. so it's not really relevant, no, no, it is, is it? Canon. No, that, but it is canon. It gives you a canon. Canon, yeah, is... which means these events are canon by outbreaks as far as... Yeah. yeah. I got that impression of the world not necessarily giving a shit in Revelations 1 with Terra Grigia, which was without doubt... You know, on par with Raccoon City in terms of destruction and consequences, mm-hmm. and no, it, and it was just it didn't have that feeling of importance, and everyone was just kind of oh, another biohazard incident. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always the problem when you retrofit a disaster in between games that have already come out, though, isn't it? Mm. Like, why isn't Terra Grigia mentioned in the Resident Evil Five timeline? Well, we know that because it came out after, yeah, you know, as a as a game, but it's always an issue you have. So we've got the abandoned Tricell headquarters. Bats, do you want to talk us through what you do in the scenario? Well, there's nothing to talk through. It's just a map for a multiplayer shooter. I'm just saying, it's you know, it's nice that we get to see a little bit more of Tricell, you know, after their collapse. Who would have thought we'd ever see anything from them again? So what do you do in the experiment? You turn It's up. like I've said, there's no forward-facing story to Umbrella Corps. Capcom have been very clear about that from the beginning. Mm. All you get... They've not lied to you. They're not trying to mis-sell you anything. They've tacked on a single-player campaign and thrown in a few text boxes at the start to try and, you know, make a little bit of it sound relevant. And all, all you do in the experiment is objectives like find five briefcases or protect data points, you know, standard stuff in multiplayer shooters. That's all you do. There's no characters. There's no proper dialogue or anything like that. But again, we knew all this going in. I had absolutely zero expectations from it. And these little text boxes, as inconsequential as they were, I thought they added some nice little details. So I walked away happy in that respect. It does work for Capcom. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you've just been researching for the past 10 minutes. Yes, gotcha. He's read that off a document that Capcom sent him to, like, say, you know, oh, Robrello Core is a fast-paced shooter for today's generation of gamers. Who don't need to think about their shooting or any consequences regarding anything. It just needs a very vague tie-in to justify its existence. Your fucking Skype picture, Rob. The Waynes were the Pizza Hut. You know, that's Batman right now with a fucking Capcom. He's sitting there, he's got a copy of Umbrella Core with his hands going, yes, it's fantastic. Holds up to the camera, you know? <laughs> drinking can of Pepsi. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> well, maybe bonus points for an honest effort? I have no interest in honest effort. Only results. Okay, well that's the Triso level. We now move on to uh, more familiar territory with the uh, Return of the Village from Resident Evil 4. Star Star, what was that level like? It's quite faithful in terms of how it's made and it doesn't look bad, mm. but... Um... The reason it gives you in the game is nonsense. The village was quarantined, and then it's a, an old type plaga that's resurfaced and reinfected the local. I might, might have got that wrong, but I mean, you know, this is in within a series which has, you know, blanket bombed any any area that has had infection. You know, so like look at Torlight. Well, I, I seem to think the only place that didn't get destroyed on its own merits was like Raccoon City and Tall Oaks, and they both get destroyed, and then you have. Terra Grigia, which is sterilised through the, oh, what's it called? The satellite laser. Yeah, but Tall Oaks, Terra Grigia and Raccoon City were all destroyed to destroy evidence and 
protect the conspirators from being exposed, where there was nothing like that in the village. There's no reason to firebomb an isolated village in the middle of nowhere. I always had a problem to that, you know, by the time you leave northern Spain in Resident Evil 4, you know, I always thought, well, it's still there. Raccoon City was bombed to stop Umbrella getting the G-Virus. Tall Oats was bombed to stop anyone from finding out Simmons was responsible. Terra Grigia was destroyed to stop people finding out Lansdale's connection to Veltro. But the other problem I have with this is undermines the other thing about any other story telling that said they've you know gone in and tried to, to help the village and clean up afterwards also undermines a little bit of the sad backstory you get in the end credits of Resident Evil 4 about how the village itself is manipulated. Other than obviously having to justify the player map, it, it didn't need to be justified. It's the worst part of it. That's probably the thing that most annoys me about the game is that all this sort of stuff could have been... You could still have your canon without having to justify these maps. They would just be maps. Yeah. No, Especially I, considering I, the RPG is a, a, uh, a recreation. I agree with you there completely. I initially thought that labs like the Village and Police Station would just be multiplayer-only maps. Mm. But uh, Capcom, again, have obviously just been cheap, haven't they? They've only designed eight maps for the entire game, so they're going to have to mm. fit them in somewhere. I mean, yeah, I'll have it. It's obviously contrived, but it's not impossible to suggest that some of the plagas may have survived post-Resident Evil 4. I mean, you've got to remember, the village was a massive area. It was surrounded by forests, you know, mountains, caves. There was an island, a castle, a huge lake. So even if they'd sent in teams to cleanse the area, it's, you know, it's quite reasonable when you think about it that some of the plagas would have survived and then gradually spread again over time and reinfected the few people who, you know, breached the quarantine zone. I just think it's more that the village has has unchanged and obviously is just literally copy-paste for the most part. And it doesn't feel like time has changed at all there and things. And which is, I guess, some way justifies the idea of the plague coming back. But I just know that at the end of it, it's just a cheap, tacky reason to reuse that map rather than actually having any merit behind it. And I think that's what bugs me, that you could have actually put some effort in to explain it, and nothing did. It's just the laziest excuse. I agree, I agree. So, okay, as you said, that makes partial sense with an old plaga kind of coming up. With the Tricell and the Umbrella Lab, what's caused the outbreak? The Tricell Lab was um, infected because a rival company attacked it Mm. and released the virus across it, so Tricell were forced to abandon it. When the game was uh, in development, the premise was, well, all these different pharmaceutical corporations have hired these mercenaries to go into these infection zones and steal whatever precious data has been left behind. But when you actually play the game, it's not that at all. It's simply, oh, well, here's a quarantined infection zone. We're going to chuck you in it for a few hours to see how long you can survive, and we're going to record your battle data. So it's not what was advertised initially. That's a shame. And I think the Umbrella Lab was, it had been infected and they just decided to close it down and they reopen it once a year for these experiments and obviously some of the zombies are still in there even though obviously they would have had no food source so they would have all died out. (laughs) Again, just need to justify it. (laughs) No, you John, by the way, I'm meaning like Capcom justifying it. Sorry. (laughs) He he might as well be Capcom at this point. You know, he's in on it. Look for his name in the credits, yeah. The fourth map was Kajuju. Now, Interestingly, with Kujuju, we had a bit of updated canon about what happened to the, the area after Revelations 2, because it shows the, the clip of TerraSave going in afterwards to try and clear it up. Does that conflict with that in any way? Not really. It's set three years after Resident Evil 5, obviously, and it just says there's been another small plaga outbreak in a neighbouring district. 
Yeah, it works exactly the same way as in concept as the one for Resident Evil 4's village does. How, how was that? I mean, the village, at least they were naturally occurring Plaga. Were they... Uh, you have to remind me of Resident Evil 5. Um, I, I was of the opinion that the Plaga was bought. Yeah, but it, it could just be like the other one, like the, they didn't kill them all. And obviously the Type 2 Plaga can reproduce a lot quicker than the original stream. Could be someone went exploring in a cave area nearby, and there was still plug around yeah. on it. Yeah, I could, I can understand it. There's no sort of Ouroboros plot behind it or Trisol behind it, so it's a lot smaller scale. You see BSA jeeps and stuff there, so I think it's just an ongoing outbreak, and this company have just thought, oh, we'll use it to test our operative and chuck <laughs> him in there. It's worth saying That's, as well that it, it's not the village from Five; it's two different. No, it's not. Oh, yeah. isn't it? No, it, no, it, it's, it, it's it looks made, similar. Made of assets. But the, yeah. the layout is completely different. It has an underground section um, as yeah. part of it. You know, it, they've put a couple of like pieces in it that are similar. Like you can go up to where um, what's his name gets executed. That platform's mm. there, but what it's surrounded by is nothing like what was in the game room. Really. Ah, is it a canon area, or is it just a kind of like? It's just a neighbouring right. district. It's called Kijiju District Twelve. If you imagine the um, public assembly, kind of, yeah, it's just like a version of that environment, but completely kind of jumbled up with using textures and buildings and that style but completely like laid out differently and interestingly the uh, the mutated plaga in that level is a deleted enemy from resident evil 5 oh. is it is actually removed yeah. It? Is it? yeah it's in the art of resident evil 5 book <laughs> it's a creepy enemy actually it's one of the more yeah. effective things in the game yeah really oh. hard to kill as well God, God, it's actually, yeah, I'm impressed by that. Research? They have actually done some research and, and, and put in a uh, deleted enemy. Can hell, it's a good thing I'm sat down. <laughs> it could be a case if, if the uh, enemy had gone past the uh, art design stage and it was starting to be developed and then was dropped when they were going back and getting the assets for the map someone came across and said, oh, we could put this in, you know, which is fine. Sure, we've got it. Good. Now bring it to me. So we now move on to some of the more controversial areas. More controversial than the Umbrella yeah, Land. We, we, we have the Raccoon <laughs> City streets, which, if I remember, remember oh, that... correctly, it all instantly people said, oh, not canon, don't, I'm not going to worry about it. But then, oh no, it's canon. Explain how. It's a replica. It's a replica. Okay. Mm. So it's copying the uh, the movie. No. Okay, it's copying Underworld. No. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is it is the game, but with abridged geography, in that they've put Kendo's gun shop around the corner from the entrance of the RPD. Yeah. Can you remember the old Resident Evil 5 PlayStation home area, where you could sort of walk through the public assembly, but obviously if you yeah. went round the other side of the building, you could see all like the wooden constructs. I just imagine it to be somewhat similar to that, and why not? You know, I can imagine it being situated in an abandoned aircraft hangar somewhere and use it as combat testing arena why not and where are we where are we in the world when we're playing it just as uh, it's fake it's highly classified location and everybody has to be put to sleep to get there right and so it's the opening streets outside the RPD with Kendo yeah and like a little sewer underneath it Mm. okay so it it begs the question why would a company go to that level of expense to make Kendo gun shop well they've not actually made the shop they've just made like Front entrance and a sign. Yeah, it's just to look like the shop. And it like bits of the streets and the only real construction that's quite major is the gateway itself and all the garden in the front of the RPD, in the front of the RPD building. So. And a possible explanation is they said this map is designed to test your close combat skills, which is what it's Hunk... Very, it's very, very small. They obviously mentioned Hunk and said, well, he survived Raccoon City, so... Okay. So that moves then neatly onto the RPD hall. 
which looks nothing like the RPD yeah. that we know. It's just the same, it's another replica, but they even say that it's not 100% accurate, which is probably a dig at the fan base who scrutinise these things. An in-joke. Yeah, why so not? What are you fighting in these two areas? Just the same usual zombies, other people? Mm. Zombies, dogs, crows. The crows are shit in this game, they are annoying. Oh god, the crows, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just T-virus stuff. There's no C-virus or G-virus or T-veronica or anything in this. It's, it's all T-virus stuff. Okay, so nothing controversial. Capcom have been lazy because they've created this mutated zombie, which is it's basically just a fast-moving zombie, but they've used the skin of the bloodshot from Resident Evil 6 just to confuse people. But it, it doesn't move, act, or sound like a, a bloodshot at all. It's just a generic mutated zombie with no explanation. Just so they have a variant yeah. in the enemy yeah. time. And yeah. this is what appeared in the Antarctic base. Yeah, but it's introduced at the Raccoon City Streets level because that's when you get your zombie jammer. Oh. But the mutated zombies are immune to the zombie jammer, so that's just tried to make it a little bit tactical because the zombie jammer is actually a really cool mechanic. I do actually agree with that. The idea is quite cool because I know as I think I said about Operation Raccoon City as well, is that the one thing that was at the core of that, which was quite cool, was that multiplayer is player versus player versus zombie, and it, it is just another element to that idea. I do. I think it's it's a good idea that's potentially just been squandered, unfortunately, again, in, as far as the online goes. So we don't think that we don't think this bloodshot skin is, is firstly a bloodshot, but not even a, a cannon creature at all. Well, I don't think there's any sea virus creatures in this game. There's no chrysalids. Uh, the zombies don't display any sea virus traits, like picking up and using primitive weapons. The official site says they're all T virus. The mutated zombie isn't called a bloodshot. There's no references to the sea virus in the in-game text or anywhere in the experiment. Even when you see the creature up close in the game, it doesn't really look like the bloodshot's picture. It just looks like sort of a hunched zombie that's covered in slime. And chronologically, it appears in the RPD Streets replica in August 2012, which chronologically, at that point in the timeline, only Neo Umbrella and the family are aware of the C-Virus's existence. The files in Resident Evil 6 prove that the C-Virus wasn't used in any sort of bioterrorism incidents or wasn't even known to the outside world until after Idonia, which is obviously December 2012. So whoever this organisation is uh, that's running the experiment, they obviously wouldn't have access to the C-Virus at that point in time. So that's basically why I just don't think it's a bloodshot and Capcom have just been lazily recycling designs. I think they essentially just needed the zombie equivalent of the uh, the mutated plaga enemies you find in Kijuju and the village that are immune to the zombie jammer. It's more of a tactical gameplay device for the multiplayer modes than anything else really, but it doesn't really matter if it's canon or not. You could say it's canon, but we don't get any explanation behind it whatsoever so it doesn't really matter they've just taken the bloodshot skin and put a few extra spikes on it it's not an Ouroboros uh, creature no there's nothing like that in it well sir what did you think that was satisfactory so we now move on to Antarctic base the prosecution <laughs> will be Romby <laughs> what charges are you levering against Capcom for the Antarctic base uh, a logical existence after bomb detonation. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a, uh, a major discussion point in a lot of forums recently, because thankfully there's a whole wealth of people that have nuclear rocket science degrees and education and <laughs> know all about the thermal detonation impact ranges and the concrete uh, strength mm-hmm. requirements. But yeah. essentially what you're saying, Rombie, is that despite the explosion at the end of Code Veronica with the Antarctic facility, that was not the end of the Antarctic facility. No, a large 
chunk of the facility seems to have survived, and not only has a large chunk of the facility seemed to have survived, creatures and zombies have survived. So as the well. T virus was not eradicated, or the T virus was not eradicated from the from the facility. No, and that is illogical. In defence of yes. Umbrella Corps, we turn to our learned friend Batman. Antarctic base. Um, never heard of it. Didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't justify it. It's, it shouldn't be that simple. Oh, really? Okay, right. You know, there's no realistic story where you can fathom that it survives. It's a bit of a cheap retcon, really, just like they did in uh, Aliens Colonial Marines, where all of a sudden we're expected to believe that most of the colony survived the thermal nuclear explosion. But in terms of the zombies and the creatures in the Antarctic, I would say they've just been purposefully put there by the company running the experiment, rather than zombies still being there from 1998. The mutated zombies were also purposefully put there in a contained environment to test the zombie jammer, and this is where the zombie jammer gets perfected and... The rules of the experiment change, shall we say, and Beatrice Bertrand, the the woman running it, then is given orders to kill you. And when she fails to do so, she is killed herself and replaced by someone else who is not named. I only like it because it's um it's not hundred percent accurate, but it's uh you know there's definitely recognisable areas in there like the sorting warehouse and there's the big hole in the wall that Steve made with the digger and the diggers left outside. So I was expecting it to be like Operation Raccoon City, where it'd be completely unrecognisable and they'd just call it the Antarctic base. They've actually made a little bit of effort with it. This is another reason why I had issues with the Umbrella Lab being so bland, <laughs> is that, like, that, I'm not, I'm not it, saying there's another dick, but, like, you know, when there is actually a, occasional bits of effort put in, like the Kajuju level being you know, a new layout in this Antarctic base, which is using assets that haven't existed before, there was an opportunity to make, a, a, like, a historic old Umbrella Lab that was an old historic Umbrella Lab rather than a bunch of generic hallways and, and rooms. That is entirely my, my original annoyance with that. I think most disappointingly is like from a canon point of view, there's no way the Antarctic facility can happen, but typically it's one of the better levels of the game. <laughs> yeah, I think you said Sean in the last podcast actually there's lots of good like kind of air vents and things like that. It flowed quite well as an actual area to play. It worked quite well. Yeah. And I think that's probably what I was after from the Umbrella Lab, the Antarctic facility. It puts you in a recognisable environment and it makes the environment very cool. It's a little bit like um some of the Metal Gear Online maps. Like they obviously couldn't happen. There's like a there's like a Groznygrad level that you could play, but it was set in present day, even though Groznygrad is wiped out. But because it gives you a recognisable environment to walk around, it makes it a lot more fun. That's entirely why I feel completely fine with reusing maps for an online. You don't have to justify it because of nostalgia and that link uh, reason. It's it's really good, but like this is the issue I have with then trying to have to explain these kinetically. Like, yeah, it doesn't match up. But I understand why, aside from budget reasons, why it works. I think Capcom just backed themselves into a corner because at one point there's going to be a proper story continuation, and mm. at some point, God knows how far into development they decided to scrap that. I've said this a few times. I, I do, uh, you know, I'll repeat it again just so it's documented here, but I do wonder whether this was a sequel to Operation Raccoon City and these are leftover assets just chucked together. I should have done what they did with the Mercenaries 3DS because. Yeah. You know, Actually, I like that. I was about to mention it as well because you've uh, got different maps with whoever you want to play as. There's no concerns out of Ken. But it's the same thing. It's mostly recycled stuff, isn't it? With recycled characters. Mm. And then instead of a minor experiment type story mode, threw in that five minute revelations demo to make the story people buy it. And that was full price. That was like 
40 quid. Yeah, um, I think what I liked about it, I think it was a lot better to play as well because it's built on how Resident Evil 5 played. If Umbrella Core had the uh, Resident Evil 6 control system, which is very fast-paced, because, I mean, for all the flaws of 6, it plays great in terms of controls and the sliding and, the, and all that. I would have actually probably enjoyed it a lot more. Well, I got a minute. It does not play great. The fucking oh, six is the, great the, fun to play. No, no. The interface when you try to get your herbs all together, all that shit. It's like oh, it's so fucking. It's a mess. Yeah, that is. Yeah, the, yeah. Let me just clarify. Yeah, the inventory and everything's a mess. But the actual movement, shooting, and things Sliding, like that. Ducking. And, running and then you could run up the vents and pretty much you know slide into them and stuff like that and it would have been silly it would have been stupid but it would have been a lot of fun play the mercenaries mode in six and i think there's a really good flow to that game in terms of it being a combat game i don't know mate i <laughs> I, I never really got into six i bought it and i returned it the same day after playing like two hours of it <laughs> really I, yeah played two hours and i thought this is shit and i sent it back to uh to game Okay, we'll carry on with the Antarctic map. I assume it just follows the same old story that you're, you're sent there to test your battle data. You're sent there to die at this point in the story. Oh. The file for the level actually has a cool reference to Alexia because you've become too much of like a liability, so they send you there because apparently their simulator has come out that you will have a zero chance of survivability there. So the quote they give you is like, you know, you will join Alexia in a grave or something like that. And is it just normal zombies? Do you get moths? Do you get anything other other crazy creatures? Zombies and dogs. That's it. Dogs again? Yeah. Why would there be dogs yeah. down there? I presume they've just been taken down there for this test. Yeah. Oh, we've got the soul abandoned. So that we can use this test site and take test subjects there and test items. But still, silly. The lab rats are reporting successful retrieval of the samples. Good. Have them bring the samples to me at once. And the finale, of course, is the return to the Spencer Mansion. Yeah, it's a multiplayer-only map. It's not in the campaign. Oh, is it? Okay? Talk about it as a location, because... Um, yeah. It looks weird, doesn't it, in full 3D? It gives you that mm. pinch of nostalgia, but That's for some it. reason it, it manages to look worse than how it looked in Umbrella Chronicles HD. No. Because yeah. the thing is, it didn't upscale too bad Umbrella Chronicles HD. It's not not an awful-looking game to, to look at, um, but because of the lighting, I mean, this is the first time you'll run around the main hall in, like, a sunset. So you get, like, you know, daytime shining through. Which I gives thought it, that was pretty cool. Actually. It's not bad, but then, of course, they fuck the layout up. <laughs> and that just hurts. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's not a faithful adaptation? 95% of it is. Yeah, if we strict it, the only room that there is an issue with is the... Uh, where do you get the coloured gems from? The bull's head and the... God, what would you call it? Trophy room? Yeah. They've they put an extra door in. in the upper dining hall, which is which can't work. Okay, but nothing major. Well, it gets well, around it because it's a multiplayer map, so you yeah, can't... Yeah, sure, sure, sure. What I've got feeling as, as we've been discussing this, I wonder if this game will be a bit like Resident Evil 4. In years to come, it may be saved through retrospective files and information. No. Not gameplay-wise, but little things like, you know, we, we just discussed the fact, oh, the dogs are humans or probably taken there by whatever company you're working for to use as test battle data and all that. Wouldn't it be quite nice... But, you know, whatever organisation we're going up against in Resident Evil 7 or 8, or even if Revelations 3 or something like that, that there's reference to that. You know, this organisation taking test people, a bit like what they did in um, Survivor, taking them from Africa or whatnot and dumping them in there. And through that kind of process, not the gameplay, but just through that information, it kind of retrospectively makes it a bit more sinister as to what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. That's another reason why I like it, because this experiment thing, 
there's something that's happened behind the scenes of the series right since the very beginning. I mean, you'll only ever get references mm. to it in the Japanese books, but things like the, the pistol that the UBCS use, for example, that was developed based on experiments such as this, where UBCS teams were put into controlled infection zones to gather combat data and weapons analysis. It's going right back to even the first game. I mean, the whole purpose of Umbrella thing in regards to the mansion is, well, there was an outbreak at the mansion. Oh, it's a good time to be able to test combat data. You know, that was an Umbrella order. You know, it's an ongoing um, thing. I don't have any issue with that either. And yeah, it could get stronger by subsequent games and other media that come out. But Again, it's, at this stage, it's just justify its existence. I'm just wondering, because you've mentioned that it's purposely been left quite vague. I wonder if it, you know, they've done that, knowing that they may come back to it. Well, they may not, you know, in the future, and then they can be able to reference it with a lot more ease and have a, you know, a strict canon timeline as to where things happen and things like that. Well, I know, think that's what John said earlier about it being them writing themselves into a corner, really. It would be an interesting development then with a game series because we've always discussed on the podcast about how they are running out of ideas, scale, and what to do with the main series. You know, I, I wonder if they'll keep it down this route of, you know, sinister organisations just doing little tiny tests yeah. and trying to gather as much information as possible. There's plenty of ambiguous stuff that refers to that. Zombie Jammer was developed by the Global Pharmaceutical Consortium. And obviously they have no idea what these experiments really are. And There's references to representatives from different pharmaceutical companies coming to watch the trials. And like Sean said, when you get to the Antarctic base, they want you dead because you're, you're not making the BOWs look strong enough that they're trying to sell to prospective buyers. At this point, you're playing as Beatrice as well, aren't you? No, she's monitoring the experiments. Oh, she right. Gets, she she's gets the same killed. guy all the way through it then. The only issue with that as a plot is the same problem I have with, ironically, the uh, the way, the direction that same concept went in the movie. I know it's dirty word to mention it, but it was an issue, is that they have this idea about selling bioweapons to various parties and different companies competing with each other. You start to actually consider the means to actually what is the use anymore. You understand yeah. what I mean? Like the scale's gotten so out of whack that the data and the use of these weapons against each other is almost starting to become pointless. And that's another problem that it has with the sense of scale of escalation and getting too large for itself anymore. Yeah, I, I think Resident Evil 6 took it to the absolute last degree. And this is why we've, I always hope that with 7 that they're going to scale it back. But I would love it, 7, to open up with going to a kind of reboot, a soft reboot and just say, there hasn't been an outbreak or something like that and everything's been contained and the world is now a much safer place. But then, something like that. Yeah. You could have Revelations 3, I don't know, you play as Barry again, for example, and in his backpack he could carry a zombie jammer developed by the GPC. That's all you'd need to make this game more relevant to mm. the larger story. Mm. Okay, uh, we can... Resident Evil 7, Nick, will start with a flashback to Resident Evil 5. You're going to see the volcano scene with <laughs> <laughs> and then it's going to pull back, pull back, pull back, and then it's going to do like the Matrix thing where you see it from the architect's room, yeah. and it'll be uh, Wesker sat in his chair going, that's <laughs> <laughs> another one of my clones. <laughs> Defeated. Oh dear. Let's hope not. But fans still love Wesker. They would be silly to get rid of him. I know, but, not, yeah, but the, not, he's living on through, like, Jake. He's living on through Alex. You know, the best thing they can do to a character sometimes is let them have a bit of a legacy, not necessarily stick around. I mm. think we'll talk about this at another podcast, but I'm halfway through the stage, and the more I watch of the stage, the more I hate Resident Evil 6 for killing Pierce. 
I know, but it's making his death resonate more now. Because timeline-wise, he appears in the stage, Mahawa Desire, Edonia, and then by the time you know he dies at the end of six, it actually means something now because you sort of know who he is. I think Chris should have died then. Yeah, should have been Chris. That would have had way more impact. Yeah. Yeah, but then you were like Sean mentioned this at the time. He said you'd simply be bringing Chris back into the series just to kill him off, which would have felt cheap considering his story would was have... concluded at the end of yeah, five. That... That would have also felt cheap. Yeah, he should have died in five. Undermined. He should have died in five. No, but I that say. wasn't going to happen because the undermining of the whole Jill Chris thing, where he really thought Jill had died, kind of wouldn't have worked. I'd have had Jill actually die. Right? Of course you would. Mm. Uh, no, she actually dies, and that motivates Chris. He goes rogue in the BSAA. They're trying to track him down. Barry's the only guy that's helping him out in this one-man vendetta against Wesker. And he goes in this sort of MGS4-style march to defeat where he kills Wesker, but he dies at the same time. He sacrifices himself and kills Wesker. They both die. That'd be fucking great. <laughs> I've no like, doubt Capcom are kicking themselves for killing Wesker off now, but yeah. if they ever brought him Five back or, or brought a clone... Yeah. They brought his son back, so a clone isn't that far out of the fucking... Yeah, That'd be too much, even. Yeah. Still should have been Alex's son. I can't believe they didn't pull that blinder with Rev 2. Just when I thought you were toast. Wow. Indeed. Your resilience is commendable. Uh, anyway, anyway. So, um, now, Bats, you mentioned earlier the online mode of Umbrella Corpus, and uh, you got your ass whipped. I was playing it, and I'm not great at multiplayer games either most of the time, and I was doing quite well. It's so basic, it is very bare bones, even for this type of gameplay. And the worst part of it is it's really unexplained mission briefs. Like, you literally load in, and you might have, like, a multi-mission map, and it just tells you... It'd be stuff that's in the single player, because obviously I haven't played the single player, I've only read and watched a little bit online, but, you know, you go into a mission, and you have to collect the any collars or the tags or you know, basically information and data but sometimes how you do that is really 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 vague like and until you've actually played it a few times you don't know what's actually going on so a lot of the new players come in and they're just like shooting enemies and kind of shooting each other and really not actually doing anything towards the actual mission progress of what they're actually supposed to be doing and so it, yeah i mean it's all functional in that it is an idea but it's definitely not a fun online game. I mean, if it wasn't even fun as a single-player game, it's not any better. This game should be fundamentally better for being fun as an online game, and it's just very generic and bland, and, and, yeah, and there beginners? are better versions. Is it good? You know, I, no. I, I don't play online shooters. I don't play first-person shooters. Would I no. not get on with it, then? I think most people would be able to play it, but whether or not it, it wouldn't make other games any easier for you. I think Capcom said the experiment mode was meant to be sort of like a training mode to get you used to the controls before you went on to multiplayer. Oh, I see. There are two training maps, which are just to show you the controls and then go from room to room, kind of to show you how things work. Does that have more detail than the Umbrella Lab? No, it's just generic. (laughs) But I'm fine with that for a training be a blank room because it's, it's like when you, you load a game and you, there's like a white space and you get your character in the middle of the white space and they kind of allow you to move around you know, it could have been that and it would have mattered it's orders for purposes to show how weapons work and how the zombie jammer works and and that sort of stuff what glitches and bugs have been discovered oh there's loads well there's loads in the multiplayer aspect anyway i think that's why i've probably yeah. been a bit a bit lenient on it because i've not played much multiplayer but uh i think the matchmaking's all broken like if you start on level one the game will quite happily pair you up against someone who's on like level 100 so you've got no chance whatsoever mm. of winning 
Um, yeah. I know a couple of times I played it, it took me straight to the game over screen. So I'd not even started and already I'd been killed. <laughs> but Spawns are really, really bad. Yeah. Um, because the maps are so small, it can literally plop you back in, in front of someone. You've yeah. barely got an idea of where you are and immediately you've been killed. Some of the enemy attacks are kind of a little bit weird at times on the online, although that could have been my connection regards to how it was. But that should be an issue, again, that has to do with online services. Another problem is you can't do simple things. Like, it always has to be three-on-three. Three. Like, you can't just have, like, a one-on-one or, you mm. know, a team deathmatch or, some, you know, standard stuff for every multiplayer shooter. You can't seem to do that. Yeah, yeah, and that means waiting around longer for having to wait for more players. Instead of having certain modes with less players, you've always got to wait for the six players needed. Or, well, the game does allow the game to play with less than that. It won't start without six players. So what you're saying is that as a multiplayer experience of which this game is designed, it fails. Mm, it's lackluster. And there's a gem of an idea still here. I still think the three-way enemy split of player versus player with bioweapons between them is still a really good concept. There is still something there. It's just, again poorly executed stars did you have any comment on that just that you know i'll go back to sort of the free-to-play games which are just in every way better mm. you know um i've got better multiplayer games to do in my time including like trying to hone skills on other multiplayer games that i actually do want to improve at. dark um, souls as well you got and street just things like street fighter 5 you know trying to get into that in a big way and you know any time that i'm not honing that ability is, you know, through playing a game like Umbrella Core, it's just wasted because there's no long-term investment in this game. That's the thing. Well, well, well ho- hold game. on, hold on. We have customization options if you bought the Dulux Premium Edition at thirty odd quid. There's customization, regardless. I mean, it's not in the wasn't the demo, but I know from what I've seen online, there's customization, regardless. There's just more customization if you paid the extra, <laughs> and it's ridiculous. And there isn't a lot of variation, to be fair. Like when you say customization, it's different styles of like the same things. <laughs> it's different colors, isn't it, of backpacks? Colors, of, yeah, yeah. or like a couple of things, and they look slightly different, and and there's a bunch of the same of that, you know, with different colours. Certainly not worth the purchase price of the of the Dulux. I didn't hear good things about the uh, Legacy player skins either, because they're not really skins, they're just things that make them look like... An Albert Wesker <laughs> helmet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't actually seen it. Oh dear. They're the only mention you get of other corporations as well, because you can put, like, company logos mm. on your uniform. And they mentioned some like real strange corporations that we've never heard of, um, which might come back into the canon, like you were saying Nick, yeah. about mm. the down the track. But well, they may well, not what, as well. Well, one of them is because one of them's in the Heavenly Island manga. Mm. Wow. Shengyao Pharmaceuticals is in Heavenly Island. One of their patches is uh, you can put on your character in Umbrella. So someone's done a bit of research somewhere down the line. Yeah, the <laughs> emblems contain some of the better sort of Easter eggs. Again, I think this goes back to an earlier time when we were planning a more substantial story. Mm. Because if you read the manga, obviously it's all set around that idle survival bollocks with bikini girls getting eaten by zombies. <laughs> um, but one of them is an agent for this Shenya Pharmaceuticals. And when she sort of finds the old umbrella lab on the island, which is the same place Alex Wesker was in in Lost in Nightmares, she contacts her superiors and then you see a load of Umbrella Corps mercs coming on like a hovercraft towards the island. Uh, so I was going to say, I'm convinced that that information on the website was part of that original plan of the much more detailed story. I'd agree. More agree. Well, that would have tied up quite nicely, wouldn't it? So yeah, so this game, in a weird way, has ties to 
Heaven the Island and Resident Evil 5 Lost in Nightmares. But that's typical Capcom. You'd never know that unless you happen to be someone who likes to customize your character and happen to put this fucking company logo on your character. Otherwise, you'd never, ever know. Hmm. <laughs> that was quite the performance, wouldn't you say? Guts and determination. Good show. So, it's been out now. That there's been an overall negative release, with the exception of Famitsu, who gave it a ridiculously high score. The paid. <laughs> Sorry, you must have an awful, awful coffer. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, yeah. Sorry. no worries, no worries. <laughs> it's winter here. It's that winter cold season. Is it? Is it? <laughs> I think we mentioned in the last podcast that this is the first game that was announced as part of the 20th anniversary year. The theory that this is leftover assets or, or was the sequel to Operation Raccoon City, I personally think sits quite strongly. I, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that it was. What do you think Capcom have learnt by this release? And do you think they'll do something like this again? No. I think this is the last thing they needed to get out of their system before they now forge on ahead with the this direction. Is a, this they... was your hopeful thinking, though, wasn't it, Sean? It was for a few years ago, but then I, I wasn't aware at the time that this was around. So you are, you are um, hoping that there is nothing like this still floating around in the... I'd like to think not. This was, re- you know, redundant from its inception. Mm. You know, and it hasn't delivered on its release either. So, you know, someone who probably doesn't work in Capcom anymore, you'd like to think, has greenlit this game some point down the line. And whether it was an original Operation Raccoon City sequel, whether it's something they actually had a lot of ambitious plans for, at, at some point that shifted. And they've clearly put some sort of investment in it that they need a return on. And I think they just packaged it all up, sent it out, and just get a handful of sales. At least it's a return on some of that investment we put in. Mm. That's why I think it's out. Other companies would have probably just shelved it, to be honest. Yeah. As I said in the previous podcast, I wonder if it was something, as I said, apart from Operation Racking City 2, perhaps it was something to do with a Wii U game of bio-ops. And it's an amalgamation yeah. of them put into something. And I, I think, you know, as George Trevor would say, it sounds like a bit of a missed opportunity with the experiment, because if they had actually bothered to put that into a constructive and cohesive game, I think there would have been a lot more positive vibes going on. Because, you know, we as Resident Evil fans, we don't mind. I mean, there's no, no one will sit here and say that Survivor, for example, plays well as a light gun shooter. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's quite terrible in, in many ways. It's, it's worth me just saying as well that... Um... I tend to be very loyal to the series of, of games that I like, um, so much so that I will actually like buy often knowingly bad games just to complete the collection. Mm. So, like for example, like one of my favourite game series of all time is Castlevania, and I actually own the absolutely atrocious Wii game called Castlevania Judgment. It's awful. It's like an arena-based fighting game on a series that was, uh, <laughs> you know, a classic 2D side-scrollers. Yeah. I own Soul Calibur Legends also on the Wii. This is a 1v1 fighting game, and this was like a third-person hack-em-up using the Wii control. These are atrocious <laughs> games, and yet... Because they have, at times, okay-ish production values, like Castlevania Judgment has an absolutely amazing soundtrack to it. They are, in their own little ways, better than Umbrella Core. Because I just literally cannot give one single positive to this game. There's not one thing I like about it. So I am coming from a background of owning a few shit games in my collection. <laughs> and this one really does is just take the cake. My other thoughts on why this was released is just simply because if someone had green litter and they could have axed it, the reason why it was continued to be justified and eventually pushed it out was this whole idea which they're now pushing now for separating the franchise into different game styles 
kind of overtook this. They went, oh, well, we, we had this in the pipeline already. It's action-based. We'll just say this is part of the action concept that we're now going to push certain games in and have our horror in the other direction. And I think that would be another reason why they would justify releasing it, even though it's, you know, it is what it is. Bats? The future for this game for me is when I come home from work, I'll sit down with it for half an hour and try and beat my time on some of the experiment levels. That's all I'll ever do. And I'm grateful for what it's added to the canon with the few little bits of world building. And That's all it is to me. I couldn't really give a shit if it's the shittest multiplayer game that's ever been created because that's not what matters to me. No, no, no uh, I understand that. You know, I would never play any of the Mercenaries games, so I don't care if raid mode is the best thing since sliced bread. It would never cross my mind to play it, for example. But, you know, what I said earlier, Survivor itself, for example, I think it was fine. it's not a great game in terms of controls or, you know, the way it handles and everything like that. It's all, it's all a bit substandard. But overall, there's a good story, there's, uh, you know, and it's kind of nostalgic. It's got lots of things going on for it. And, and, and there's that element of, I like this little bit. This is all right. I can forgive the other things. But is there enough in the experiment as a single-player canon storyline to make you justify paying the price? And to go, you know, this is all right, this is good. I'll happily put this in the timeline. No, no, it's not worth the price. But considering we thought we were going to have to justify going back to the, the real police station and the real Raccoon City in a canon sense, and as, as it turns out, we didn't have to do that. Apart from the Antarctic base, there's nothing in the experiment which contradicts anything. It's mostly ambiguous. It mostly solidifies sort of events we knew were happening behind the scenes but were never really brought to the surface. And it's got firm dates in it as well, which is great if you want to write a timeline. I'm more relieved than anything else because I was expecting it to be a massive clusterfuck. We, yeah. But it, it doesn't harm too much. I think that's why I'm not particularly bothered about it. We don't it. have a Simmons-sized retcon. Yeah, there's no massive dinosaurs. There's no 50-foot plants. <laughs> it is what it is. It's fine. I think now I'm sort of over the sort of initial anger phase of, of this. I think what just surprises me the most is how much they've charged for it. Okay. I think that's the, the side Capcom have really they've really milked fifth, this. Fifth. Uh, whereas it, it, it doesn't really deserve any, any money to it at all. Because like I say, and I've stressed this a lot, there's lots of free-to-play games out there which are actually really good. Well, maybe Capcom will realise that now because the DLC is free. There's more maps coming out. There was a new patch released yesterday. Yeah. So they are trying. <laughs> I think yeah, I think you're I, right. I, th- I think they have realised the fucked up. I think they should have released it for free and added the DLC as paid, you know, in skins and stuff, and spent more time crafting that part of it and extra maps. Um, they could have even done that. Like, but it's too like late a... now. It's, it's too late now to do that because they'll, they'd have to refund everyone who's paid. Well, they might still do it, but they'd have to refund everyone else who's bought it. They could have just done things, something like what they've done with Street Fighter Five, whereby you get like a, an unlockable currency in-game to buy your cosmetics and things. Okay, well, does everyone want to give a mark out of 10 for the game? Rombi, what would you score out of 10? I'm going to abstain from giving a score because I only have managed to play the multiplayer and I've only seen some of the stuff regarding the single player. But as far as the multiplayer goes, it's a abysmal 1 out of 10. <laughs> That's low. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it because I'm being harsh. It's a multiplayer game. It is really dire. It's, it's like functional enough to play, but there's slow loading, long load times for matchmaking. There's very small maps uh, which aren't conducive to multiplayer games. There's bugs. You know, it's very vague on its mission directors when you play the mission modes. It, yeah, as Sean said as well, there are much better games out there that don't cost anything. That's the lowest score I think anyone's ever given a Resident Evil game in a Resident Evil podcast. Stars? One. Irredeemably bad. 
Mr. Spencer? Well, I never really played it, so I can't really give it a first go, but based on like what kind of game it was, it was a game designed by a committee rather than a single visionary. It was a game designed to get a you know, quick buck, and uh, for that alone, I'm going to give it a one as well. All of a sudden, they've patented it and packaged it. Slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling! Selling! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Nice Jurassic Park quick there. Get you out of your system. Uh, Batman? Um, well, from what I wanted from it, I just wanted a you know a cheap and cheerful shooter set in the Resident Evil universe. I wasn't bothered about it being a quality multiplayer shooter. I went into it with zero expectations, so I don't think I could have been disappointed by it. So in that respect, I think I will give it a 5 out of 10. It's better than Gaiden. It's better than Gun Survivor 2. It's better than Operation Raccoon City. And Code Veronica, obviously. obviously. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a kidney punch and a half, isn't it? Five out of That's ten. That's average five. Well, there we go. Okay, uh, good news, chaps. We've had a call-in from everyone's favourite angry Resident Evil fan. It's Vito, uh, who will be supplying us with uh, many of the uh, quiz questions this week. So, hold on tight. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear what Vito has to say. I really don't know where to begin with this. Capcom released a demo this past Friday on PlayStation 4, so I decided to download it and play it. I could just only play the tutorial, and I'm very thankful for that. Because Jesus fucking Christ, this game is horrible. I'm sorry, but it's just fucking horrible. Not one minute in. One minute in. And I already have screen tearing, frame rate drops up the ass, it has horrible controls, it's very bland, the graphics are not very good, and it seems to be running at 20 frames per second. It seemed to me to run worse than Revelations 2 on PlayStation 3! How the fuck is that even possible? It seems kind of stupid now to to complain about Resident Evil 5's frame rate on PlayStation 4 now. This game is just fucking bad, people. I'm sorry, but it's just a fucking mess. And I'm gonna be started on the story. If the tutorial is of any indication of the story this game has, then it's complete bullshit. It's just bullshit. Some few sentences before every mission just doesn't cut it. And what's really disappointing is that the premise of the game is really good and interesting. Rival companies fighting each other for Umbrella's research? It's very interesting. But no, everything gets wasted here. Because the game doesn't have a narrative. No cutscenes. Would it have really killed Capcom to have one fucking cutscene at the end of the experiment. One cutscene. Nope. They're very cheap. And I hope you like reading. Because that's all you're gonna do to get the story of this game. Fucking pathetic. Now, not only that, the main character is just boring. And nobody seems to give a shit about him. This game would have been the perfect opportunity to bring past characters back. Bring back Nikolai. Instead of Hunk wannabe 100 and something, bring the real Hunk in. Let it be his story. But no, you get a nobody. 
And worst of all this, this nobody turns to be Hunk's successor. Bullshit. Bullshit. Ten bucks says we will never see this character again. Never. <sighs> I don't care what, what anybody says. Gaiden is no longer the worst game in the series. Fuck that. It's this game. This is by far the lowest point the series has ever been in. The worst. And, and, and it's worst because it's fucking canon. If it wasn't canon, I would have been a little more forgiven. But no. The star starring was right. I think we need to put Vito on suicide watch. <laughs> Can't even work himself up into a frenzy, can he? <laughs> he resigned. He's just—he's literally broken. That recording's an embodiment of how the game made me feel in the beginning. I'm sort of over it now. I've got better. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, what can one say? Worst game since Gaiden. I don't know. That's, that's wrong. There's no way this game is worse than Gun Survivor 2. I mean, come on. <laughs> but that's got versus Roach Mode, which is brilliant. The problem with that game is, I mean, it works fine as an arcade game, I think I've said before, um, but as, as, a, as a console boy, it was pretty horrible. I just uh, I just wish this game was non-canon, like he said at the end, because if it was, then I, I can just happily dismiss it, but it, it's, you know, and I've, I've seen some of the pain and anguish that uh, John's gone through this week trying to make it work, and, and some of the theories are just, just ridiculous. <laughs> they are just ridiculous. I still don't get the hit. It's not a great game, all right? It's not a good game. I accept that, but it's just not as terrible as people are making it out to be. I just don't get it. It just seems fashionable to hate this game, and it's really, really, really not that bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. put it this way, I suppose when I do eventually get a PlayStation 4, I will get it to, as part of my collection because it's canon. Unlike, for example, I own a 3DS, but I have not bought Mercenaries 3D. But the canon is so inconsequential. It's the equivalent. I mean, you could more or less just print the text paragraphs off. It would add up to half a page in the archives. Mercifully, it is inconsequential. But the, the biggest problem we have now is, is there's various people in the in the community that, that want more of it than I think Capcom are intending. Some people are really pushing this Wesker clone angle hard, <laughs> and it, you know, and it's one of those things we just all ignore it. It will go away. Well, well, there's so many Weskers to play with. Why, don't, why don't, clone it? Don't. I mean, you could even bring back someone like you know William Wesker and just go, oh, he didn't die after all. You know, at least that would be far more. This is how pointless it is, right? If if, the, if Capcom really, 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 really wanted this mysterious person to be Wesker, all they had to do was set the experiment between 2007 and 2009, and it would have made not one bit of difference. Yeah. So why, if they wanted Wesker to be in there, did they set it after his death? Because they want him back for future time. The thing is, do you think the experiment has a double meaning? It's not just an experiment within the game, but it's an experiment to see how the fan base <laughs> takes to actually sort of gauge reaction. I mean, let's hint at Wesker and let's see how the community take it. And if they really want him back, then we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll reckon it. You're probably right. You are. You're probably it's, more, right. it's the most meta That's thing. The it's very thing. meta. They couldn't pull it off again, bringing him back, could they? It would ruin one of the better conclusions in the series. As, like we've said before, as ridiculous as the final battle is in the volcano it is a you know a nice bookend to chris and wesker's conflict and you know if they were to pull the rug from under the community and say well actually guys <laughs> you, you ruin that really? moment you ruin the game and you ruin the storyline all in one go and that's the only yeah. saving grace that's of true. the game thank you Vito, for that calling <laughs> that was uh, always appreciative so that concludes our discussion on, on umbrella corpse hope you enjoyed it we'll now move on to this 
podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. New format. New questions. And new challenges. Broadcast a new quiz to test the resolve. Neptune's Biohazard Quiz! So, welcome, welcome. As a result of last week's, well, last podcast shenanigans, <laughs> we have five questions this week, courtesy of Vito. Oh, yes. Oh, my <laughs> Jesus. So, <laughs> this will teach you. So, if everyone can clear their desktops, you can open up Notepad. No assistance from Google required. Mm. Are, we, are we all ready? <laughs> Question number one. What was the name of the Ouroboros researcher that was planning to go back to Arizona during his vacation break? He met an untimely end. So, what was the name of the Ouroboros researcher that was planning to go back to Arizona during his vacation break? That's a good question. It's a fucking stupid question. Question number two. (laughs) What year? (laughs) Question number two. What year was the George Trevor-designed Queen Zenobia built? Oh, I know this angle a little bit. So, that's a nice timeline question. So, I think Vito's mixed up a bit. Question number three. We've got two answers to this, depending on your translation. According to files in Resident Evil 2, what job openings did Umbrella have at the time? Yeah. Mm. Job openings at Umbrella. Yes. I'll be lenient because there's translation differences between the uh, North American release and the Japanese release. So, Question number four is a timeline question. On what date did the following occur in Raccoon City? A failed breakout at Douglas Prison led by Derek Azula. <laughs> the name's familiar. Could you repeat it? On what timeline question? On what date did the following occur in Raccoon City? There was a failed breakout at Douglas Prison, led by Derek Azula. You want the year, I've got, right? I've got date, month, and year. So points will be awarded for people that get any of the three. But you'll only get a point if no one gets anything else. If you know what I mean. And question number five. It's a classic veto question. How many experiments did Simmons and Carla do before the C virus was complete? That is a very, very specific answer. (laughs) That completes our quiz. Join us after this when we'll run through the answers. It's shit. (laughs) You will bring me your own obituary. Really, really... I don't need your excuses. You are hereby terminated. 
I think it is, is unforgivably bad. I think it, it is is genuinely one of the worst games I've played in as long as I can remember. Do not concern yourself with things you cannot hope to understand. BOWs were quite fearsome and an actual challenge, and I thought the maps were pretty fun. The controls are fine, the camera was fine, and it's fine. So yeah, fuck you all. Indeed, your resilience is commendable. What do you expect from a corporate headquarters belonging to a company? They're going to have the fucking logo on the wall. Guts and determination. Good show. So, question number one. What was the name of the Ouroboros researcher that was planning to go back to Arizona during his vacation break? Uh, We'll start with Romby. What did you put for that? I have no idea whatsoever. No. Okay. Uh, Stars Tarrant? No idea. Oh, no. Vito's doing well here, then. Mr. Spencer? I haven't the foggiest idea. Batman? Ryan. Points to Batman. Ryan is the correct answer. Very good. Well done, Batman. Did you know that? I know a lot of pointless shit. Sometimes wonder what I'm doing. <laughs> Question number two was what year was the Queen Zenobia built? Batman, did you know this one? 1978. Oh, that's very confident. Mr. Spencer? Oh, oh, oh. 1974. Oh, equally as confident. Uh, Stars Tyrant? I was until Bats came along and I, I thought I'd be close, but no, no, I must be wrong. I said 79. Uh, Romby? Yeah, I said 79 as well. Points to Batman, it's 1978. Oh, Good ah. guesses, everyone. Very close. Question number three. According to the files in Resident Evil 2, what job openings did Umbrella have at the time? Uh, we'll start with Star's Tyrant on this one. Waste management officer. I've no idea. Okay. Uh, Mr. Spencer? Senior research director. Oh, okay. Uh, Batman? This is from one of the X-Files, isn't it? I vaguely remember it because it's talking about new positions available and we don't discriminate. I can't remember what the job title is. Isn't it somewhat just generic, like research positions? Is that your answer? Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Romby? Junior research position or junior researcher or something? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> I'm not sure there's points to anyone. The answer was business management, production and management of delivery or sales, service and production. Stars was close. What no, did I didn't get waste? it. Either. I said waste mm. management. Yeah, well, the word management not... was in there. Yeah, it's fine. I'm happy to not. Okay. <laughs> I'd just be taking points. Okay. We've got to try and regain the dignity yes, of this quiz. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to happen. Question number four. On what date did a failed breakout at Douglas Prison led by Derek Azula cause? I'm going to save Bats till last because I think he's probably got a good idea as to when this happened. So it's always interesting to see what people think. So we'll start with Romby. I have no clue. I'm going to say September 27, 1998. So d- during the middle of the outbreak? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, in the middle of the outbreak. Okay, uh, Stars Tyrant? I seem to remember it's just before the outbreak, so I think I'll go for August. August. Just looking at the calendar now. Uh, August, August 30th, 1998. <laughs> I heard a, a yelp from Batman. Uh, Mrs. Spencer. Google. <laughs> I'm going to say Looking at August. calendars. Okay. No, I'm August, in the calendar uh, on the wall. Can't do that. A random guess. August 30th, 1998. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> Batman? I think it's 1996. And I can't remember if it's Halloween or if it's August 
I'm not sure what the twenty fourth of August, nineteen ninety six. The correct remember. answer is August the thirtieth. Amazingly, stars nineteen ninety six. Oh, you are joking! Oh. So, I thought it was just before the outbreak. I thought that's why they were doing it because they're taking advantage of the fact that they aren't the guards occupied with some of the problems. I'm going to have to look at that file, because that's one of the ones I do actually because remember. Because I don't believe Mr. Spencer validly guessed that. Are you sure it's no. not 98? No, because I, I don't think it's related to any... Is it not? Major. I always thought, no, I thought it's, it was... It's, just, it's from a newspaper clipping, isn't it? Oh, God, I thought it was... What am I thinking of, then? I'm sure there was a prison breakout at some point through security lapses at what the prison. Because of what's going on. Is it yeah. Survivor? Yeah, that's Survivor when the kids oh, are Oh, fucking but hell. Stars, you get the point, because you got two out of three. Because you got August the 30th through pure luck. Oh, no, I can't. I got, got the answer wrong. You can't give me I, points. I, no, to be answer. fair, I said before the question, I said whoever gets the closest will get the point. I got John's arguably closer because he got yeah, the year. But, yeah, but he got, he got two out of, he didn't get two out of three. I, this, <laughs> you can't use This you, is perfectly. Oh, fine. Okay, you okay. Stars, you get half. You get, you're getting a point because you, by pure fluke, you managed to guess August yeah, the 30th. Just... That's incredible. Well, by getting my games mixed One up. Fucking One out of 365 chance, and you get the right date. Incredible. So there we go. Mr. Spencer, I don't believe you guessed that. You just copied Star's Tone. It's worth it a shot. Sh- <laughs> 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 At least he yeah. was honest about it. And finally, question number five was, how many experiments did Simmons and Carla do before uh, their C-virus work was complete? A very odd number. Uh, Rombi. Ugh, I have no idea. 627. 627. <laughs> uh, Batman? Uh, 12,225. 12,225. Okay, Mr. Spencer? 12. 12. <laughs> 12, okay. Uh, Stars Tyrant? Oh, I just went really low because I had no idea. I went 11. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, sadly, it's 12,200. Oh, my God. And 35. Oh, you <laughs> So you are 10 out. That's unfortunate. Maybe you ought to revise these numbered questions, like when it's like that, and just have the person... I'm convinced when Vito sends these questions out, right, and he hears us, like, struggling over it, I bet he gets off to it. <laughs> Let's have a look at the final scores. This week's winner with two points is Batman. In second place, it stars Tyrant with half. Uh, and joint third is Rombie and Mr. Spencer with zero. So well done, everyone. But So that concludes up... Whoa! What's that noise? Uh-oh. Uh, That's no. our bonus non-cannon corner round alarm going off. There we go. We have a bonus non-cannon corner round. This question is a bonus round. It's worth two points. So, Rombie, you, you can still win this. Where'd you pick on me? Got to be car manufacturers again. I dread to think what this is going to be. So this comes in from USS Command, and it's a beauty. Okay, so we want you to think very carefully. What is the name of the adult biohazard game exclusively available in Japan? By adult, I mean pornographic. George Trevor would have got that one. Yeah, pornographic one. Like, is this official? I don't think it's official. Right, is it a doujinshi? I don't know what that means. Oh, clearly that's not the answer. No, no, no. It's 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 a form of um, erotic comic. That's what they called him in. Oh Japan. yeah, probably. I think it is. Because yeah. a friend knows his stuff about that no. thing. A friend, a friend, a friend, knows a friend his stuff about that thing. Yeah. yeah. 
because a friend reads them. So, what is the name of the adult biohazard game exclusively available in Japan? This is worth two points. What's a game? It's a game, you said. At least a specific well, it, it, I think it's an interactive game slash comic thing. So it's a flash animation. Yes. I... And it's, it's, it's only in yes. Japan. And, it, and it's not official. Okay. So that could be a lot of things then. Because there's a lot of fucking Resident yeah, Evil Yeah, it would be a play on the name somewhere, won't it, I'd imagine. So has anyone got any answers? Rombi. I have no clue. <laughs> it could be anything. Have you got a funny na- play on name? Does Tarot, did you know it? No, I'm not even trying to come up with just some cheap innuendo or a good pun, but yeah. I can't think of any. Oh, it's not too much like that, Mr. Spencer. I'm trying to think, because it's got to be some kind of hentai, and I'm thinking it, it's... Mm. Can you come back to me while I think this over? Is that alright? Yes. That's why you've got enough time to use the old Google search engine. <laughs> yeah! Or check your comic book collection. Batman. Uh, Umbrella Parks. <laughs> <laughs> oh the god point. The point. you're in the point for that that's amazing I had a good minute to think of that one to be fair <laughs> Mr Spencer any ideas right. I don't know if I can top Umbrella Porch because that was that was pretty good I don't know the answer I'm in a battleground on WoW don't care okay. you can all google it afterwards but the answer is Biohazard 3 horror in the horny tentacle mansion <laughs> Is that That real? Is Is that honestly real? real. Is it canon? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm sure it is. Got to be more canon than Umbrella Corpse. (laughs) There we go. It didn't affect the outcome of the quiz, but thank you, USS Caban, for that. Non-canon corner is here to stay, folks. Thank you very much. That definitely now concludes the quiz. So join us next time when we'll have more questions. So uh, thank you all for joining us for the um, podcast. The next podcast is going to be really interesting. We're going to to do a podcast on Biohazard the Stage. We have homework for all our podcasters and everyone else who wants to listen. You can YouTube Biohazard the Stage. And uh, one of the top hits now is the English subtitled version. I'm currently halfway through it. It is well worth a watch and uh, stars Rebecca Chambers. Yay! Yay. Uh, Chris and uh, Piers, um, amongst a lot of other interesting new characters, and you know, just from watching the first half, there's a good mystery building, and uh, I, I look forward to finishing it. But the idea is that we're all going to watch it, and we're all going to have a massive discussion on the stage. It's time, you know, placement in in, in the series, um, whether it's been a success, uh, and what everyone thinks of it. So, um, if anyone wants to have uh, any MP3 call-ins, they're more than welcome to do so. We'll welcome your thoughts. If you've got any questions for the team. Again, you can pop me an email or a private message on PU. That doesn't necessarily have to be for the quiz, but questions you may have about, about the oh, stage itself. So. Sorry, Jordan, Nick, right? You just remind me of something about questions. Right. Right? So, what's the name of that guy that sent that question in for the uh, the porn hentai yes. thing question? What's his name? USS Command. My question is this. How does he know that? Well, there we go. Well, there you go. See? <laughs> fucking perverts asking us questions. That, I mean, how does he know is, that stuff? Because he probably fucking like read it. it. Well, yeah, back in the day, I remember um, the hentai section for uh, Biohazard Extremes website. Oh, yeah. And that used well, to be quite Well, they infamous. had one of them? Really? Yeah, yeah. It was quite infamous. I mean, it was all just stuff that you could, these days, probably do a Google search. Yeah. Ironically. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I remember Biohazard Extreme. That was one of, the, one of the many websites that were around. So, yeah, we welcome any questions you may have for the team. I think Batman certainly knows the stage better than most, having... Uh, been following its progress from from its inception. So uh, send us some questions. We'll uh, we'll endeavour to answer as many as you can. So on that note, I will bid thee farewell. It's goodbye from me, Neptune. 
Goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from me, Star Siren. Goodbye from me, Rombie. And it's goodbye from me, Mr. Spencer. Mm-hmm.